Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be that little salmon plank was what was brought to me. That, that, that was the best I could get. And, you know, he goes, you don't know real salmon until you get it from the real source. You don't know salmon for real until you get it from the source in Alaska where it's really at. I said, well, you know, my fishing that I do and about Jesus, he goes, no, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Christians are just such a, they're hypocrites. And I said, yeah, but you don't know the real Christian until you get it from the source. And Jesus Christ, I'm just the plank that's available to you as close as I can get, but you've got to go get it from the real thing. And oh, he did not know what to do. Like, yes, Lord. But guys, that discussion took a lot of work. He walked away from me twice. Like, what do I do with this guy? He like left me here and he's mad at me. You could tell he hated the gospel. He hated that I even brought it up. Having good conduct instead of going to war with him. Oh, I see how you are. Fine. Well, forget you. Forget my coffee. I'm leaving. You know, a lot of people do that. Having good conduct, that's your best defense against those who persecute you. Keeping discipline. Keep yourself biblically composed about yourself. That's the best way to win over those who are trying to unjustly punish you for your faith. That's what Peter's talking about. So whenever you go through a tough time, whenever you're going through pain, or when people try to persecute you, don't take it as unfair, woe is me. Peter says, 1 Peter 3 and 17, he says, For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. I want you all to recognize what this Bible verse says here is that sometimes it is actually God's will for you to suffer. Now, let's not split hairs today and go, well, oh, you mean God was the one that was behind that thing that happened to me? And I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm asking you to hear the biblical context of what he's trying to tell us. It can be God's will for you to suffer if that's what it takes to do something good and righteous. I suffered with this man the other day to get the gospel into him. I could have quit two times like he did, but I didn't. I stayed right there. I suffered with him if that's what it takes. Now, guys, this is a totally lost concept today in modern Christianity. The second people hear about suffering, they're they're like, no, that's not God, and they don't want anything to do with it. Most people freak out. They just cannot believe that God could ever dare have it in his mind for them to suffer anything at all. Why would God do that to me? God should just want to make me happy and give me what I want that makes me happy. Why would God want me to suffer at all? It just doesn't sound like God to them. And you hear it all the time. The atheists will ask me this question. If God is so good, then why is there suffering? That's like their number one question that they love to pin on me. If God is good, why is there suffering? Well, in their mind, all suffering should be eliminated by God or else God can't be good like he claims to be. That's their reasoning. 
Well, first off, we need to realize there are two different kinds of suffering. They're suffering for doing what's good, and they're suffering for doing what's evil. And there will be both kinds of suffering in your life. And I know some of you are probably identifying some of that right now. Yeah, I went through that suffering because I did something really bad, and that was my consequence. I I guess that's what I get. But then there's some suffering that hits you you had nothing to do with. God, that's when you say, God, why are you doing this to me? Because he's going to make an opportunity out of it if you will recognize it. Did your suffering come from a sin that you committed, sinful, or did your suffering come from the Lord? If your suffering comes from doing sinful things, then that's a call to repentance, and you can turn around and get right. But once you switch your life over to serving the Lord, then there's times of suffering for God's kingdom. And Jesus even said this in Matthew 5.11. He said, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. That's not what I want to do. This is Jesus telling you, here's how you respond to this. Be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, this type of suffering that Jesus was talking about here was persecution for his kingdom. And guys, we should actually be glad about this because that brings blessing. Consider now the example that Jesus gave for us. He suffered, he suffered heavily. He suffered for righteousness, did he not? All of salvation came to all humanity through a crucifixion. He had to die for it. That was righteous suffering, okay? Jesus did not fear the men who falsely accused and insulted him. Jesus even entrusted himself to the Father God would raise him back up again. You see what he did? He, he sanctified the Lord God in his heart. He sanctified. He put that, I'm going to put this in this special place, and I'm going to go by this, is what he did. He died in our place. He paid our death penalty for us so that he could die with our sin penalty on him instead of us dying it with on, on, upon us. He went through all of this with the same kind of good conscience that Peter is telling us that we can have. He had a good conscience all the way. We need to have the same. Now, as a result, Jesus was blessed for this suffering because he was resurrected back to life, and then he was lifted up to sit at the right hand of God. There's blessing in suffering, guys. See that? Why is there suffering? Well, in a messed up world, we're just going to have to go through a bit of suffering for people to see it. Matter of fact, Scripture says that God does his best work in our weakness. That's the best I have to give people when they're going through a hard time and I don't have all the answers. I give them that verse that God does his best stuff in time of weakness. But I want you to look at Isaiah 53.10. Isaiah chapter 53 is a chapter that a lot of people purposely skip and have never read. You'd be doing yourself good to read that whole chapter, but it says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased God to bruise Jesus. So let's not think that if we suffer, that it can't possibly be God's will for us to suffer, because guys, oftentimes it is. It is God's will. The problem is most people don't recognize there are two different kinds of suffering. There's sin suffering and there's righteous suffering. If you think that all suffering can only be wrong, that it can't be God's will for you, you're probably going to miss out on most of the blessing that God is trying to send your way. We have to be able to recognize what we're dealing with. It could be for God's will that you suffer for doing good. How do you do this right? I've got the Lord. 
Well, I want that because people run over me and I don't feel good about it. Well, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. And man, now you're rocking and rolling, right? Guys, we need to know ultimately this world is not our home. Stop trying to make it your home. We're not supposed to stay here. (laughs) It's not your home. The world's craziness, don't let that be your cause to be troubled. We're not supposed to be troubled. We're supposed to be glad that we're suffering for doing good. One of the reasons I was scared of being a pastor is because I thought, oh, no, now I'm really going to be in the forefront. I can't be so quiet about it. I'm kind of marked, you know, and I didn't want to suffer. It's not easy. Sometimes it's not fun. And I know it's not fun being a Christian for a bunch of you because you get targeted. And there are a lot of people that try to discourage me. They try to make me quit. They target me to do whatever it takes to make my life miserable. So I'll just hang it up and not want to be a pastor anymore. It happens all the time. But I know which kind of suffering this is when they come against me. I know what kind of suffering it is. It's suffering for doing good. And now that the Bible has told me, I now know that there is blessing in it, not only for this, for me myself, and not only for this church, but also anybody you reach from here on out, it blesses. It just spreads out. There's great blessing. So I have to remember that when people treat me like this, that in my new life of service to God, it is better to suffer for the will of God than it ever was to suffer under the life of sin that I used to have. I used to suffer bad under sin. It is better to turn and say, I'm suffering for, for God for here on, from here on out. That's a better way to go. There's no blessing in sin to be happy about. But there is blessing to suffer for the Lord. If that's what it takes to break through the hard-boiled unbelievers, then Lord God, use me. And be careful when you say, Lord, use me. Sounds so spiritual. Oh, God, use me. He will. Be ready for it. But know how to recognize it. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Have that answer ready. Oh, man, good times are coming. Blessing. And Jesus exemplified all of this for us already. 1 Peter 3 and 18, Christ suffering in ours. He says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. If he can do that for us, then I can expect to do the same for the benefit of other people. You want to be like Jesus? Here it is. Jesus was hunted down from before he was born all the way through his 33 years. I want to be like Jesus, but I don't want to suffer. (laughs) Read the book. That's all he went through. But he was greatly blessed, too. Whenever you suffer, don't weigh it out based on you. It's not all about you. It's about serving the Lord God and serving everyone else before yourself. Now, Jesus lived a sinless life, and that provoked the hostility of evil men, and so is yours. So is your life. Living for the Lord is going to make unbelievers mad, and that's why they're going to attack you, but know what kind of suffering this is. It made Jesus a target. Jesus went through suffering for us, but he did it while maintaining a clear conscience. That is a discipline we need to keep, is keep a clear conscience through the whole thing. Jesus did not get all down on himself and base it all on him and say, oh, why is this happening to me? No. Jesus sanctified God in his heart. He set God's purpose aside from everything else that he could have done. You think of it, he was king. He could have done anything he wanted. He didn't have to to come down here for us. But he kept the Lord's will and sanctified in his heart. He kept that as he focused on the cross where he was going to be 
crucified for our blessing. Guys, if we're going to be anything remotely like that, we have to say, you know what? It's not just about me. I'm suffering, but Lord, I want to make it suffering for you. Have your answer ready when people ask you, okay? Bless them. And here in verse 18 is one of the best summaries of why Jesus died for us. Jews back then, they understood the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament, so Peter said that Jesus' death was for our sins just one time. The Day of Atonement is every year, but Jesus does not die for us every year since then. It says Jesus' sacrifice was once for all. The just died for the unjust. The just is Jesus Christ. The unjust is us. Jesus died for us sinners so that he could bring us to God. Nobody else can do that. Now, Christ alone made the way of salvation, and the means by which we are saved was through suffering. I could give you an anatomical rundown of the cross, but I, I didn't bring it. I should have, but it, it, was, it was bad. It was messy, very painful, suffering. But which kind of suffering? It was righteous suffering. Righteous suffering. It pleased the Lord to put him through that. Jesus willingly went to the cross for us to do that through, for righteous suffering. What kind of suffering are you going through today? Well, I made some bad decisions, Ray. Well, let's turn it around. Let's repent, turn around, let's make it righteous suffering. Let's use it as part of your, as your testimony. Maybe you're suffering through something pretty bad today. Okay. Whatever it is, let's make it for suffering for the Lord. And remember, there is great blessing in that. It was God's purpose for Jesus to suffer for us. So don't miss out on the purpose of why you might be suffering. There is a great blessing in that. If I get hung up on the disease that I have in my body, don't worry, it's not contagious. You can't catch it. But if I get hung up on that disease that I carry, why, Lord God, now I'm making it all about me. I have forgotten that it's about the Lord. I've got to sanctify the Lord in my heart and say, Lord God, I've got this disease. Uh, people sometimes can tell, and they point, and they look. And kids, I've heard kids in Walmart ask their mom, Mom, what's wrong with him? Because, you know, I've got these, these marks on me and stuff that I've got from this disease I carry. And the first thing you want to do is crawl in a hole and hide. But I'm like, no, I'm going to use this for the Lord God. Lord God, you use this. Use me, Lord God. As long as I remember it's for his purpose and not mine. Glorify the Lord God with your body. Now, here comes one heavy passage right at the end here that I'm going to try to get through. Jesus died in the flesh, but he was made alive by the Holy Spirit, right? 1 Peter 3.19, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. The eight souls that were saved was through water. That was Noah and the seven other people who were in the ark with him during the great flood. Now, what are these spirits here in prison? What are they? To understand what these spirits are, we've got to go back to Genesis 6 and 1. It says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. 
what in the world is going on here? Okay, this was a messed up crazy time because of sin was really, really bad. Now, during the days before Noah's flood, the entire world was so crazy, sinful, corrupt, they were probably the worst example example of a sinful violation that was given to us here. This was a violation that Peter told us about. The world was a mess. According to what he said, fallen angels who fell with Lucifer, Satan, they left their habitation to come and inhabit bodies of human beings so that they could have sexual relation with women. They had these sexual relations with women. It was a messed up, sinful, crazy thing. I wouldn't believe it if it wasn't right here in this book. And what they had done is they corrupted the human DNA lineage so bad that it produced these giant people. These people were unnaturally large and unnaturally fierce. Now You might remember the Philistine giant Goliath. Also, when Moses sent spies into the land to inspect the land they were supposed to inherit, the spies, most of the spies, except for two, they came back. They were afraid because they reported there were giants in the land. We can never take these guys. They're huge. So the Lord, what he did because of what these, this spiritual corruption thing that happened, what he did, he executed a special judgment against these spirits that committed this violation against humanity, and he put them in a special prison just for them. Peter goes on to say, he'll, he'll say later uh, in Second Peter, in the next book, Second Peter 2.4, says, God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood of the world on the ungodly. Peter said in verse 19, Jesus went and preached to those spirits who were in prison, who were formerly disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. So while all this crazy, super-extreme sin was going on in the world here that we just read about, it says the Lord patiently waited 120 years for the ark to be built up before he would flood the world and wipe this violent era of humanity off the face of the earth, except for eight people. That's how bad the culture was. That's how messed up it had gotten. All but eight, Noah and his family. Now that's why Peter said eight souls were saved through water, because they escaped God's judgment in the ark. What Peter is trying to tell us here with this extreme bit of history is how Noah kept a clear conscience while he built the ark in the middle of such a terrible, terrible culture. Can you imagine all the threats Noah went through? All the attacks that Noah went through by giants, mind you. All the insults, all the ridicule, and all the suffering that Noah had to compose himself through that 120 years to build that ark. I thought it would be hard enough just building the ark with people helping me. But he had to do this with this kind of culture, with these big, fierce, giant people. This is saying if Noah could be saved among such a terrible culture back then, then us, even in these end times, 1 Peter 3.21, there is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of filth from the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Friends, what I think Peter is trying to say, if Noah could go through all that back then and not be so afraid to quit his mission of building the ark, then we today who are under the blood of Jesus, we can also keep our good conscience towards God well enough to go through the persecution of today and not be so afraid that we quit building our mission as well. You see what Peter's trying to say? Look what Noah went through. You can do the same thing through Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to consider that Peter had just spent three chapters telling us to submit to authority, knowing he probably already knew that a lot of people were going to say, okay, well, what if we submit to authority that mistreats us then? That's why Peter says that Jesus, who preached even to those monster giants in prison, he goes on to say in 1 Peter 3.22, he said, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. (laughs) Bam. There goes your reason. What if the authorities do this? Jesus has them under him. For those who worry, what if they attack us? Peter's saying, don't be afraid of their threats because all authorities have already had to submit to Jesus. The giants of Noah's day. That's where we get our idea of superheroes. That's where that comes from. Uh, The people that can do superhuman things like Superman and the Hulk and all these beings with these super monstrous powers. It says Jesus threw them in prison. Why are we afraid of authorities today when Jesus has done that for us? He threw them in prison. Peter's saying we don't have to be afraid knowing that all have been put under the authority of Jesus Christ. I feel pretty good now. Philippians 1.29, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. That's the part most people don't want to hear. They go to the powder puff feel-good churches that just say you're, how wonderful you are. Go ahead and brag about how great you, that, that raise you got. And God wants you to be rich and have cars and houses and boats and money and all that. That's what God wants for you because that's what I want. No, we're going to have to suffer for his sake. And it's a privilege and it's a blessing. And I know you have pain. I know you're going through suffering. I know. Whether I know you're not, I know you are. You can use this. If we're going to suffer for Jesus, though, that doesn't mean they're going to shut us down. We're going to suffer. They can't shut us off. Suffer, yes, but stop us, no. So don't be afraid of them. Guys, if the TV scares you, turn it off. If the TV scares you, turn it off. Get in your Bible. Get under the blood of Jesus Christ because that's where God saves his people, no matter how big the giant threats are out there. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God. Lord, I ask you to help those who are suffering in here today. Lord, I ask you to show them how to turn it around and use it for your good name. We believe in Jesus. We're going to sanctify you, Lord God, in our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, for helping me in this. We ask it in Jesus' name. For anybody out there who is not saved, you're hearing me on the radio or wherever, you say, oh, I need this. Here's how you get it. You say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I have sinned. I blew it. Take over. I give my whole life to you. I'm tired of running. I'm sick of my life. Lord, give me a new one.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.